0: Hello and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of AZ Vineyard Church. This week, enjoy the podcast as truth is revealed in God's Word. Go get a notebook, grab a Bible, and expect to have an encounter with God today. So, it is, uh, as always, a, a wonderful honor and blessing to be able to share the Word with the AZV family. Great to see all of you here this morning. And uh, we are finishing up our Advent series. We um, have been talking about the humble king, royalty meets humility in Christmas. I don't know if you've really thought about that and thought about what that means. We're going to talk about that a little bit here today. So in the previous weeks, we, uh, John and, and Sandy delivered wonderful messages on hope and peace, and joy, and we lit the candles for those in the past, so we will light them once again, and today, as we finish up this series, we're going to be talking about the humble king of love, and so we'll light the final candle And those of you that can see the the front, I don't know if you've even noticed that <clears throat> that uh, the the holder has each of the each of the words. So this today is the humble King of Love. <clears throat> you know, um, I know I know that we think a lot during the Christmas season about gifts, and we think a lot about the Christmas tree and the lights and the Christmas carols and all the things that kind of go around Christmas and I'm going to pull this out a little bit because I think it's bumping. So I want to talk today about what Christmas is really all about and we know that Jesus is the reason for the season but I want to talk about what that really is. And that's love. Love is the reason for the season. Love is the reason the baby was born. Because without without love, that that wouldn't have happened. And we're gonna we're gonna look at John three sixteen. It should be up here on the on the screen for you. In fact, let's let's all read this together. We can go on to the to the uh, there we go. So let's uh, let's read it together. Ready set. Read, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Thank you. For God so loved you and me. I know you've heard it before, but God would have sent his only son... If you were the only person here on earth. If I were the only person here on earth. He would have sent his son to die. For one person. That's love. That's a love that we can't grasp. We can't even understand. Uh, Way beyond what we think of. In terms of, of human love. So. During the Christmas season, we hear a lot about the birth of Jesus and, and rightly so, we should, that's what we're celebrating. And and we know, I think all of us know that, you know, this, this probably wasn't when Jesus was actually born, but it's when we celebrate it. And, and we, we have to have a moment when we celebrate that birth because it's such an important piece of history that has changed all of history. And so this is when we celebrate it. And so, as, as Sandy talked about, when she, when she delivered her message, you know, we can, we can get so caught up in all of the, you know, well, Jesus wasn't actually born on December 25th and all that kind of stuff. But we're, then we're missing, we're missing the whole picture here. And so I want to talk about the entire Christmas story. Because the Christmas story isn't just the birth of the baby. It actually starts in the beginning. It starts at the beginning of time. It starts before the earth was even created. And so we're going to go to Genesis 1, 1 through 3. So Genesis 1, 1 through 3, I'm reading it in the NIV. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth... Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. Now so often I think we can we can sort of skip on past that and, and immediately think, oh, well the light, the light was the sun. The light was the sun and it was, you know, casting light down on the earth, but the the sun and the moon weren't created until a few verses later. So this isn't speaking of the sun, this is speaking of a different kind of light. So let's, let's see if we can figure out what that light is. John 1, 1 through 4 says, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was God and the Word or the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So here is this, this word that John is talking about, and... The Word was with God and the Word was God and the Word created everything that has ever been created and the Word was life and the Word was light. Let's go back to Genesis. Genesis 1, through 27. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. So that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. So God, through this creation process, he, he speaks into this dark void and he speaks light he speaks life he this word, this word is is speaking life and light into the world, so that there's a place for him to put his crowning jewel mankind as he creates mankind now i want to I want to take a little bit of a segue here, and then we 'll come back. I want to go to psalm two seven so psalm two seven says, he said to me, you are my son, today I have become your father. So there was a moment in time when, when God, the persons of God, and we know, we know God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but there was a point in time where this designation and this subjugation occurred where the son became subjugated to the father. And the father says, today, today, I have become your father. And so the son was willing, was willing to set himself below the father, basically, so that this Christmas story could occur. Let's go on to Isaiah seven fourteen. And these next couple of scriptures are ones that that you know well. You hear them every Christmas. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, God with us. So this is the prophet Isaiah, some 700 years before the, the birth of Jesus, prophesying about this virgin birth. Isaiah 9, 6 goes even further. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So we have this whole dynamic that has occurred, and then this prophetic word that goes out into the world about this son that is going to be born to a virgin, Let's go back to John 1. So in John 1, we talked about the Word. We talked about the Word was with God and the Word was God and the Word created everything. And in John 1, 14, it says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. So now we know that the Word was Jesus. The Word was the Son of God, the Creator of all things, the One who spoke everything into existence, the One who was there in the beginning, the One who, who chose to subjugate Himself to the Father, leave the glories of heaven, set aside all His godly attributes, To be born in flesh. And not just any kind of flesh, but the flesh of a baby. A baby who was totally at the whim of the father and the mother. Couldn't feed himself, couldn't clothe himself, couldn't talk, couldn't walk, had to be carried around. Now, if that's not humility, I don't know what is. I mean, he he could have come as a king in great glory. He could have come as a a full-grown human being. But he chose to come as a baby. He chose to live life like we do. He chose to grow in wisdom and stature just like we do. He chose... To allow himself to be tempted in every way, just like we are. And then he chose to go with the mission that he was given, which was to die a horrendous death on the cross for us. If that's not love, I don't know what is. That's our humble king of love. All right, I want to shift the viewpoint of this story. to that of Mary and Joseph. We want to look at this through their eyes. So by Jewish tradition, uh, Mary would have been somewhere between 12 and 16 years old. And Joseph would have been somewhere around 18 to 20 years old. And when the couple, when the Jewish couple was betrothed, was what they called it, uh, it was the same thing as what we consider to be marriage today. It had that same level of commitment. The difference is that they were typically, uh, they were arranged marriages. So the fathers would get together and they would arrange for the, the girl and the, and the boy to, uh, to be betrothed. And once they were betrothed, they were married. Except that the girl would continue to live in her parents' home. And the boy would go and build a house. And when the house was done. Then he would come back and get her. And they would have a ceremony. And a feast. And they would move into their home. Little side note. Isn't it interesting that we. All the believers. Are called the bride of Christ. And Jesus is the bridegroom. And Jesus left to go and build us a house and he's going to come back one day and get us and we're going to have a ceremony and a feast the marriage supper of the lamb and we're going to live with him forever yeah I mean that is just such an awesome thought all right let's 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 shift the view to uh to let's go to Mary's view we're going to start with Mary and then we'll go to Joseph so Luke 1, 26-38, this is not going to be up on the screen. Uh, the, the actual scripture reference will be there. If you want to pull it up on your phone, you can, but it's just too long to get up there on the screen, or maybe they will Oh, uh, look at that. They are so sharp back there. Again, servants, look at these guys. All right, so Luke 1, 26-38. An angel just showed up and said, You are highly favored. I mean, all of us, I think, would wonder, What kind of greeting is this? Yeah, you know, if we could even talk. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who has said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month for no word from God will ever fail. Hang on to that one. No word from God will ever fail. Verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. What an amazing interaction that is. Have you ever put yourself in the place of Mary? Have you ever thought what that would have been like? To have an angel show up. You're somewhere between 12 and 16 years old. You're a girl. You haven't lived any life yet really. And an angel shows up and says, you're, I know you're a virgin, but you're going to get pregnant and you're going to give birth to the Son of God. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's just sort of mind-blowing when you think about it. So, and and her response is not to go on and ask a bunch of questions or say, you know, oh, I'm not I'm not worthy of that. Oh my gosh, how could I ever do that? Her her response immediately was I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Just simple, simple obedience. Immediate Simple obedience. So out of her love and her devotion to the Lord, she accepted one of the most amazing missions ever given to any person. And I'm sure because she knew the Jewish laws, she knew that, that if, a, if a girl got pregnant, uh, she, who was betrothed and got pregnant by someone else, that she could be stoned. So I'm sure she knew that, you know, man, this is just not going to be an easy thing. You know, people are not going to look on this as favorable. Uh, Even Joseph, I mean, I'm sure she had to think, you know, is he going to accept me? Is, Is he going to, you know, be willing to stand by me or is he going to reject me as well? And yet, out of her love and devotion for God, she accepted the mission and went forward with it without question. All right, let's move over to Joseph. Matthew 1, 19 through 25. So Matthew 1, 19 through 25. I'm reading it out of the NIV. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So this is after he's found out that she's pregnant. He knows it's not his. And and so he's going to divorce her quietly. the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. So again, we see we see someone that... that uh, is acting very honorable in the worldly way in the sense that he's going to divorce her quietly. He doesn't doesn't want her harmed, doesn't want her to be stoned in any way. And so, so he is going to just divorce her quietly. But then an angel shows up to him in a dream and confirms what I'm sure Mary had already told him. And so he, like Mary, just goes obediently with it without question he he doesn't even ask any questions about it he doesn't even go to god and say well hey god is, was that real was that was that a real dream or was that the pizza last night you know i mean what you know what what's the deal here lord i mean no you know we don't get any evidence of that he just he just walks into obedience so so out of his love and his devotion for the lord he accepts the mission of being the earthly father for the Son of God. Now, how many of you are parents? Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, being a parent is a difficult thing and really difficult at times with some, some kids, you know. Some are a little easier than others. Imagine being the parent of the Son of God. You know I mean you just can 't wrap your mind around that what that would have been like you know I mean I, I, you know you you wouldn 't even really know what to expect when the baby was born. you know would the baby glow would you know would he immediately begin talking you know right right out of the womb i mean you know i 'm sure there were lots of questions about what what 's this baby going to be like you know and and we don 't think about things like that, you know we just sort of gloss over the story. we hear the story and 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 we don 't really think about the people that are involved and and the what the whole story really looks like so jesus so jesus is he 's born, he grows in wisdom and stature uh, we don 't see a lot about him growing up. We we know that at age 12 he was in the temple and he was wowing uh, the religious leaders there with his knowledge of the Word of God and his relationship with God. And and uh, Mary and Joseph, uh, uh, they go off and, and leave him. And three days later they, they remember... Oh, Jesus. Where is that little guy? Yeah. And, uh, and they finally go back. It's, you know, it's the original home alone. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he's back there in the temple. Yeah. So, you know, and, and they're, they're like, I, you know, it just seems like we forgot something. I, I don't know what it is. I just, something, I just can't think what it is. Jesus. Oh my gosh. We left Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So you know, and I, I, you have to you have to think. This is the way my mind works. Okay, so you know, I'm just giving you a little insight into into this mind. Yeah, so so you know, there they immediately you know obviously begin panicking. But you have to think about this. Just what this wasn't just a, a kid. This was the Son of God that they left. They left him back there. Ran off for three days without him. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of crazy when you think about it. So, so Jesus as he as he grows up, you know, he grows up. Just uh, it it appears pretty much like any normal kid was, and he he learned a trade. His, uh, Joseph was obviously a carpenter. He became a carpenter, and 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 then at age thirty, he starts his ministry, and. And he shows his love all the way through. I mean, if you read the Gospels, you see love, 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 love. You know, he, he shows his love by uh, preaching the kingdom of God, the, the, the coming salvation that's going to be available to people. He heals people, delivers them, feeds 4,000 and 5,000 men plus, plus women and children. He uh, delivers demons out of people. He teaches the disciples. He washes their feet. And then he sacrifices himself on a cross for us. That's love. Yeah. Let's shift to the final piece of the Christmas story, which is the cross. We don't think of the cross at Christmas time. You know, you just, you just don't hear the Christmas story with the cross in it. And yet, isn't that the whole reason for the season? I mean, we're, we're not really celebrating the birth of a baby. We're, cel- we're celebrating the birth of our Savior. And He's our Savior. He was only our Savior when He died on the cross. So that's what we're really celebrating during the Christmas season is we're celebrating the cross. Now the cross at that time was a symbol of torture. The Romans had become very, very proficient at torturing people uh, as as they went to the cross and, and torturing them on the cross. But Jesus took that symbol of torture and turned it into a symbol of love. You know, back then, back then they weren't wearing little cross necklaces around their around their neck. You know, they didn't have baseball caps with with uh, crosses on them or shirts that had crosses on them they you know the, the you know when when they went to a, a service there wasn't a cross there you know the cross the cross had a bad picture connected to it and Jesus took that by dying on it and turned it into a symbol of love and now when we look at the cross we have a totally different picture than what they would have back then so even on the cross, Jesus showed His love. He said, He asked the Father to forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. He had two criminals on either side of Him. Uh, one was one that was berating Him constantly about, you know, you're the Son of God, get us off the cross. You know, save us. And the other, the other guy just, just says, hey, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. This guy's innocent and he just says remember me remember me and Jesus says this day this day you will be in paradise with me that's love he's dying on a cross the you know we we can't grasp the level of pain that he was in on the cross because we don't we don't have anything to relate it to in our culture these days but if you just think about, you think about how, how much a little paper cut hurts. How, how much it hurts when you cut yourself with a knife. Now imagine having huge stakes driven into your feet and into your hands. After having been beaten and tortured, it's just, I don't know, you, I, I, we just can't grasp it how much love there was that he was willing to do that. And we know, we know he's stressed about it because when he was in the garden, he prayed three times and asked for the Father to take this cup of wrath away from him. And yet he said, but your will be done, not mine. He, he sweat blood in the garden which only happens, it, it, it's an actual thing, and it only happens under the highest level of stress when the capillaries in the forehead break and the, and the sweat mixes with the blood and flows out on the ground. And yet he chose to move forward. He had free will. He had choice. He could have said, yeah, yeah. Don't think I'm going to do this. Yeah, this doesn't sound like that much fun. I think I'll, I think I'll just bail on this right now. Which is probably what we, we all would have done. That's what I would have done. I'd, I wouldn't have gone there. Yeah. But he did. But he made that choice. He made the choice to go forward with it. So we started with John 3.16. I want to end with 1 John 3.16 says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So as we wrap up here, I want to I, I commission you during this Christmas season to go out and do that. Lay down your lives for your brothers and sisters. You're going to be with family. You're going to be with friends. You're going to be out amongst people this coming week. (coughs) Be a servant. Put them first. Set your own selfish desires aside, like Jesus did, and put other people first. Go be love. Now, love is not a feeling, love's not an emotion, love's an action. Jesus died on the cross, that was love. It was an action. Our job now is to go take that love into the world and continue to do it, not just during Christmas. It's easy during Christmas. Everybody's happy and joyful and it's easy during Christmas. It's a lot harder after Christmas when everybody's grumpy and and, you know, they have to go back to work, they've had vacation, and, you know, now they don't get vacation for a while, and, and it, it's harder, it's harder, but that's the time, that's the time when we set ourselves aside, and we go forward in love, and act in love, and react in love, because one of these days, and it appears from what's happening in the world, it might be one of these days real soon this humble king of love is going to return. And we're all going to stand in front of the humble king of love, our Savior, and face to face with him, eyes locked on him. And I think all of us, all of us hope to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Thanks for listening to AZ Vineyard Church's podcast. We're located in Goodyear, Arizona. To learn more about our church, visit our website, azvineyard.com. That's dot dcom